T-minus 10, 9, ignition sequence starts. Coming to you from a small undisclosed outpost somewhere in Radioland, it's Because I Said So. Parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved for American parents. John Rosemond. People like this are a menace to decent society. Call in now about anything from toddlers to teens, even your 20-something toddlers who refuse to stop sucking on the pacifier of your standard of living. Let's not talk about it in front of the boy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. From American Family Radio Network, here's your host, John Rosemond. Well, first of all, Happy New Year, everybody. This is uh, your host, John Roseman. The show is Because I Said So. And the purpose of the show is to help people be better, more well-informed parents, to help you discipline your kids more effectively, get better disciplinary results with much, much less effort to uh, help you better understand your children's behavior from a biblical, non-psychological point of view. And along those same lines, to help you bring biblical rather than psychological principle to your parenting. And finally, as any regular listener already knows, one of my primary purposes in hosting this show is to bust uh, to smithereens the many childering myths and correct the proliferation of childering misinformation that is issued from America's mental health community over the last 50 years and to have a bit of fun while we're doing it. Uh, one of my passionate uh, topics uh, has to do with child protective service agencies. For more than 30 years, I've been saying that these government child protective service agencies, which will be uh, called CPS from this point on, cause much more harm than good, that they're out of control, they operate unconstitutionally, they need to be reined in, if not completely eliminated. Uh, and, and we need to start over from scratch when it comes to uh, issues of child abuse and child neglect. And I'm talking about the way these agencies operate. On a report from some random person who's allowed to remain anonymous, whose identity is protected by CPS on the basis of complaints that are often bogus, complaints from people whose credibility and objectivity are not established before CPS acts. CPS workers force their way into people's homes. This happens over and over and over again. And it's been happening for, for as long as I've been talking about it and before. Uh, violating the... By forcing themselves into people's homes, they violate the constitutional protection from unreasonable search, and then they often violently snatch people's children away from them and put them in foster care. And when I say violently, I mean, I've heard stories of these kids being dragged, kicking, and screaming out of the home. This violates the constitutional protection against arbitrary seizure, but also violates the right to be assumed innocent 
before proven in a court of law with representation that you are guilty. Are some of these parents irresponsible, abusive, neglectful? Are some of them unfit? Yeah, you better believe it. But a whole lot of them, and I mean a lot of them, are responsible people who were simply in the wrong place at the wrong time and were seen by the wrong people and reported to CPS by somebody with an axe to grind. Now, who are the people who work in CPS agencies across the country? Are they morally superior? No. What special qualifications do they possess to decide on the basis of one report from a person whose credibility and objectivity has not been established that a child should be taken forcibly from its parents. What gives CPS the right? It is not the Constitution, folks, that's for sure. Well, finally, it appears that there is an awakening to this issue. A group calling itself ParentalRights.org, and full disclosure, I'm on their board. I'm a non-paid member of the board, volunteer member of the board, um, has taken up ParentalRights.org, has taken up the mission of reining in an abusive, out-of-control, un-American CPS system. ParentalRights.org is an outgrowth of HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association or Fund, Uh, they recently hired an attorney whose sole job it is to sue CPS agencies for abuse. This attorney's first case is a prime example of the sort of thing I've been talking about for all these years. And get this, this is an example of uh, truth being stranger than fiction. Uh, A group of uh, African-American families from Georgia were with a church group returning from a church camp in Louisiana. While passing through the state of Mississippi, the group had to stop because the pastor became ill while he was in the emergency room getting treatment. Some of the youth in the group, the young people, started fundraising in a parking lot. A business owner called the police. Apparently, this business owner thought the kids might have been victims of child trafficking, which is an odd conclusion to reach on the basis of simply seeing kids doing a little fundraising in a parking lot. Uh, Now, let me say, when I read that these kids were doing fundraising in a parking lot, I thought, well, you know, somebody can question the wisdom of the adults allowing the kids to do this. But for, for what happened to happen... It's inexcusable. The local Child Protective Services Agency people swept in on the basis of this business owner's complaint and without any investigation whatsoever, without asking any questions of the parents, seized the children in question and took them. The families produced driver's licenses and other forms of ID to prove that that the children belonged to them, but oh no, CPS insisted upon retaining custody. Even after the parents went back to Georgia and returned to Mississippi with birth certificates, proving that they were the kids' parents and not sex traffickers, 
CPS still refused to budge. Some, not all, mind you, just some of the children were finally returned after 90 days in CPS custody. Many were held even longer. One of the Mississippi caseworkers was eventually fired over the case. The pastor and several families are interested in filing suit, and that's where parentalrights.org and uh, their attorney comes in. Now, one of the reasons that I mention this is that organizations like parentalrights.org exist because of the support of people like you. If you want to support this most important of organizations and their efforts to rein in what has become an out-of-control, unconstitutional child protection system, uh, if you want to support them and they need your support, and this is the very best and noblest of causes, go to parentalrights.org, find out more about this great group of people and uh, how you can contribute to their important work. Folks, our number is 404-419-6499 if you'd like to join us with a question or a comment. Uh, Our uh, email address is radio at rosemond.com, R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com. Folks, uh, I'm your host, John Rosemond. The show is Because I Said So. We'll be back in just a moment after this break. Stay with us. back to the show, folks. John Roseman, your host, and the show is called Because I Said So. We're all about parenting here, and family issues are number. If you want to call the show with a question or comment, 404-419-6499. One of our listeners uh, through email asks, why am I so vehemently opposed to psychology and psychological therapy? He says that uh, following a divorce a few years ago, He went to see a therapist, and it helped him. Well, first of all, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Second, there is significant likelihood that this gentleman would have resolved whatever issues uh, he brought to the therapist in the same amount of time without therapy, and that's according to the research, which when done by objective people who have no dog in the race— consistently finds that when starting out with matched groups, people, generally speaking, who receive therapy don't feel any better or worse after about a year than people who didn't receive it. Uh, There are no studies done by objective people which verify the effectiveness of therapy with children of any age. That's very, very specific now. So I'll say it again. There are no studies done by objective people which verify the effectiveness of therapy with children of any age. And my personal finding, which is confirmed in conversation with lots and lots of parents, is that therapists often take a child's side of things in the therapeutic setting, and in doing so, verify a child's point of view concerning his parents and end up making problems much, much worse instead of better. 
As anyone who's listened to this show before probably knows, I am a psychologist. I'm licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. They, uh, and I don't say this lightly, they regret the day they ever gave me a license because I take every opportunity to tell people what I believe is the truth and what child mental health statistics support, and that is that psychology has caused more problems for parents, children, and families than psychologists know how to solve. And I know it sounds like I'm painting with a broad brush. I am, very purposefully so. But the question is, are there any people out there who are secular mental health professionals who are doing a reasonably good job? And yeah, I think so. I think there's, you know, a few, and I mean that in the overall scheme of things, a few, relatively speaking, uh, but they're out there. But the chances of finding one is is a roll of the dice. I am most definitely a contrarian, an outlier in my field. So put my comments into that context if you'd like. Uh, I'm, I'm out front about that. No psychological theory concerning human nature has ever been proven. And in uh, most cases, the evidence supports exactly opposite conclusions. Um, Sigmund Freud's theory, no research has ever confirmed the efficacy, the validity of anything that he ever said. He's the father of psychology. Uh, he wrote in the early 20th century uh, a number of papers and books that really form the core of a lot of psychological thinking. And again, no research has ever verified anything he ever said, and yet he's still taught in, a, in America's uh, college-level psychology programs. Self-esteem theory, the research has now found that high self-esteem is highly correlated with antisocial, even abusive behavior, that uh, high self-esteem is not the sort of thing that holds culture together Respect for others holds culture together, and people with high self-esteem tend to have a correspondingly low respect for other people. A behavior modification theory, believe it or not, no one's ever proven. B.F. Skinner, the founder, the, the father, if you will, of uh, behavior modification theory, never proved it. No one has ever proved it since that behavior modification works on human beings. It's a Darwinian concept, the idea that the same principles that govern the behavior of a dog or a rat also govern the behavior of a human being. It's obviously non-biblical, secular, uh, humanistic. It's never been proven that any psychological test actually measures or detect what it claims to measure or detect. No psychological diagnosis has any scientific validity, you might have heard a lot lately about such things as brain differences and biochemical imbalances. Well, believe it or not, no one's ever proven beyond a doubt that differences from one person's brain to another, and by the way, all of our brains are slightly different, uh, mean anything of significance. I mean, fo folks, a, a pitcher on a major league baseball team, his brain is slightly different from that of a plumber. Uh, so what? You know, your life experiences shape your brain. A and yes, you know, the brain informs your behavior, but the idea that uh, what are fundamentally 
minimal differences from one person's brain to another mean anything of significance has never been proven beyond a doubt. And the concept of biochemical imbalances, well, no one's, believe it or not, and, and surprisingly so, it'll probably blow some people's minds. No one's ever proven that such a thing as a biochemical imbalance even exists. In order to talk uh, validly about an imbalance in a system, you've got to be able to absolutely and accurately measure a state of balance, and that's never been done concerning the central nervous system and never will be done. Uh, no psychiatric drug has ever reliably proved its efficacy. Now, please, you know, having said all that, be aware that I'm not opposed to counseling when the counseling is based on biblical principle. Biblical counseling and psychological therapy or a therapy that uses psychological techniques and is based on psychological theory are two entirely different things at the most obvious level, but also the most important. Biblical counseling is based on biblical principle. Psychological therapy is not. Biblical counseling, therefore, is rooted solidly in truth. Psychological therapy, therefore, is not. It greatly saddens me whenever I hear from a Christian parent that uh, his or her child has been diagnosed with some bogus disorder like ADD, ADHD, ODD. That's oppositional defiant disorder for those of you who don't recognize that. But one of the many other D words that kids get these days, none of which have scientific validity. The child in question is, is exhibiting sinful behavior. That's a very politically incorrect thing to say, but that's the truth. He's sinful, and a diagnosis does nothing but conceal that truth. Suddenly, the child in question is not in need of powerful, godly discipline. He's in need, according to the mental health professions, of medication and understanding. Then the parents tell me the child, the same kid, has a biochemical imbalance. That, according to the therapist, well, folks, not only, as I already told you, does the term have no scientific validity, but I will guarantee you Jesus did not go to the cross because we have biochemical imbalances. He went to the cross because we're sinners and we can't save ourselves. He and only he is our savior. A child who won't pay attention to adults doesn't have a psychological disorder and no one's ever proven that he's got a biochemical imbalance either. He's got a heart problem. He's a sinner who needs to be disciplined. In addition, by the way, he needs video games and television and other diabolical electrical devices taken out of his life, and completely so. A child who won't obey doesn't have a psychological disorder, biochemical imbalance either. He's got a heart problem, too. He needs discipline, not medication. You know, I was talking with a parent a few years ago who said that her child had been diagnosed with ADD, and I said, well, what did the therapist tell you? Uh, how did the therapist explain this? And the woman said, well, the therapist said my child's got a biochemical imbalance. And I said, well, really? Uh, this person is a psychologist? She said, yeah. I said, well, did the psychologist uh, take blood? Did he do any measurements of your child's metabolic system? And, and 
the mother looked at me strangely and said, no, of course not. And I said, well, how do you think that a person who never gave your child a medical evaluation, examination, tell me, explain to me how this person knows that your child has an imbalance of chemicals in his central nervous system. And the woman just looked at me like a deer in the headlights. You know, this is just an example of the kind of wool that's being pulled over people's eyes by therapists all across America uh, concerning these issues. Folks, the Bible is sufficient for everything that has to do with living a proper life. The Bible, God's Word, is sufficient. And we are told this in Scripture uh, in the New Testament two or three times. I stopped arguing with God a number of years ago, and as a result of that, I am a psychologist who doesn't believe in psychology. I know psychology is not the path to man's salvation. It sure as shooting ain't my savior. And if you believe in it, if you think it's the solution to your parenting problems, well, as my mother used to say, you got another thing coming. And now, if you're interested in pursuing my thoughts along these lines further, then what I would recommend to you is you go to your local library. I'm almost certain that they would have it. It's a Christian bestseller. And get a copy of my book, Parenting by the Book, in which in the first section of the book, I lay bare the foundational faults of psychological theory and the problems that psychological theory has caused in American parenting. Uh, Humanistic theory, Freudian theory, behavior modification theory. When America's parenting paradigm shifted away from biblical understandings to psychological theories In the 1960s, we just uh, stepped off the road, and we have yet to get back on it. And that's my purpose in this program, to help people in their parenting get back on the proper road. And in my estimation, the proper road is paved with established, truthful, biblical principles. Folks, our number, 404-419-6499. Stay with us for more of this incorrectness. We'll be right back. From American Family Radio Network, it's Because I Said So. Now, once again, here's your host, John Rosemond. Welcome back to the show, folks. As uh, I have said several times before, this is a call-in show. We are pre-recorded, but our number is 404-419-6499, and you can call at any time, and we will call you back and schedule you to be on the show. And um, we welcome your calls with questions, comments. Uh, This is a participatory uh, event. So... uh, in along those lines, we've got on the line a caller 
uh, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, welcome to the show, and uh, tell me what I can do for you. Thank you. Um, over the past year, we have been dealing with our daughter, um, who is uh, 18. At 17, she started cutting. Um, and um, it it's kind of snowballed. She got in with the wrong group of people, much older than her. Um, and, uh, got into things that we never, ever thought she would ever have gotten into. Um, she, because we didn't agree with her decisions, um, she, and, and she is, um, our, we have a traditional family, um, uh, and so she's from a very, Faithful family, religious family, um, church every Sunday, youth group. Uh, we homeschooled for almost eight years. She's a highly intelligent young lady, uh, extremely talented. Um, she's been playing as a substitute musician for other churches around town for the past two years. Um, so just highly spiritual, mature, um, young lady. Um, uh, so for her to be a, an emotional person is not surprising, but she did start cutting, uh, getting in with the wrong kind of people. She does not reach out to friends. She closed that door several years ago when she lost a lot of friends. Um, she was in and out of the behavioral center here for a couple of times in February and March where we were told by the psychiatrist, I guess they're psychiatrists, psychologists, psychiatrists, whoever it is that's there that um, they can administer. Uh, they put her on Zoloft to start off with when she started cutting. Uh, when she wanted to commit suicide because we didn't agree with her and didn't like the people she was hanging with and wouldn't allow her to do that. She, um, I found her in the garage with the door closed with the car on one afternoon. And when I called her therapist, she, she asked me if I was at the ER with her. And I said, no, they said, well, she needs to be in the hospital. She was in there for like less than a week. She wanted to get out. She wanted to be with these friends, this, this man she was seeing. Um, Let me interrupt they, you, Elizabeth. How, how much yeah, older is this guy? 26. <laughs> She's, uh, and, and this was happening when she was 18 years old. She had just turned 18. It was like the green light turned on. She knew this guy, but all of a sudden when she turned 18, um, he was, yeah, he was highly pursuing her. Yeah, and swept was, in and and uh, because she had uh, reached the age of 18 um, and uh, in her own mind, probably I've heard this same sort of story time and time again. In her own mind, she's 18. She can do what she wants to do. She's absolutely. no longer accountable. Uh, she no longer has to obey um, any rules or regulations beginning with yours, no. et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Uh, I, I, uh, 
you know, it's an overused term, but I, 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 I feel your pain. Um, I've heard this story time and time and time and time again. It's simply a function of the position that I am in. People come up to me at speaking engagements um, via email, via one of my websites, parentguru.com, and uh, uh, I've heard the story time and time again. And, and all the, uh, the typical elements are there, the cutting, the depression, the alienation from previous friends, um, the dating of older guys. Um, I'm assuming when you said that she was, she got into a lot of things that you don't approve of, that that right. probably includes uh, sexual activity. And, oh, yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and drug use, is that? Uh, um, unfortunately, yes. yes. Yeah. And, and he gave her things she didn't know she was taking uh, at one point. Uh-huh. Um, Various pills. Yes, yeah. uh, I guess, you know, and, and I guess in the ER at one point, she was telling us she felt different. Um, she got scared. We had to get um, a family friend to go get her. Uh, this has been going on for about three or four months at the beginning of 2015. Um, the first time she went to um, counseling, um, it was... It, it, it seemed to, I, I, I never saw that it helped her. I don't, I, I don't know. Now the, the guy, um, he was nice and everything, but we could never get, get him in, get her in when he said she needed to be seen every week. We couldn't get her in. This guy was really big. She got with a, a lady who, um, was pretty much my age. Um, a lot of what she talked about was yoga, um, which we're not really thrilled about yoga um so you know with all of that she went into the hospital the first time around she hated the counselor he kept trying to talk to her she just wanted to get back with this guy um she got out she uh went back in like a week later was in there for like 10 days when we had the appointment to let her the discharge appointment the doctor was an older man and my husband and I sat there with our daughter and him, and we sat in the soundproof room to kind of interview how things went. He was talking about how she um, is really, uh, um, you know, can can we live together in the house? Do you feel like it's possible for you all to live peacefully in the house? I said, well, you know, it just really depends. And he said, well, you know, you're looking at her wanting to, the the decision she's making, you want her to live according to what you want her to live. Okay, well, let me, let me anticipate this. He's, he's accusing you of being over-controlling, manipulative, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Am I correct? He absolutely said, he absolutely said that. He said, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, now, the overbearing mother will have to be dealt with on the outside. Yeah, and th- this, Elizabeth, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, everybody sort of invents their own therapy in the final analysis. This business about, well, let's do some yoga is a primary yeah. example of that. But also, this business of you're over-controlling, you're manipulative, you know, you're the mean, wicked witch of the West and the whole situation. Right. This is standard psychological boilerplate. And... um I will bet that this occurred without, I mean, this was this the first time that you had sat down with this guy? I will bet that it is. Oh, yes, because they can't keep continuity with her. 
So no interview of you just taking your daughter's uh, words, a description yeah. of you at face value as if yeah. an 18-year-old who is rebellious, possibly depressed, uh, yeah. using drugs, uh, on yeah. psychiatric medication is capable yeah. of accurately and objectively describing and presenting her relationship with with her parents to anybody. Uh, this child is is uh, in a in a drama bubble. She yeah. is not going to represent her relationship with. She's not capable of representing yeah. her relationship with you objectively, accurately, realistically. But this is this is the standard thing in psychology that the therapist, 90% of the time, that's my estimate, takes the child's words at, at descriptions oh, yeah. of what's going on in the family at face value. And it's it's well, just maddening to me. That they they seem to he looked at me immediately, um, and, and I mean, I felt the tension when I walked in the room. Um, he shook my husband's hand. Um, he shook mine fairly quickly, never looking at me, and, you know, let's get right to business. Um, never did we get a chance to speak with this man without the daughter in the room. Never did they ever say, how have things been in the family? How is your relationship with your husband? Are you guys, I mean, no one asked us how things were going. Um, it was all of her commotion stressed out my husband's and my 24 years of marriage relationship. It did. It had to. I've heard more times from other moms and dads that have had a daughter go rogue. Yes. And you've got to figure out how to be a front, a unified front. You know, oh. we pushed me and pull me. We had the push me, pull me going on. Right. That is absolutely um, the case. You know, one of the things, Elizabeth, that uh, psychologists, therapists often do is they manufacture and hand the child uh, what I call a personal soap opera. It's a personal drama. And according to the psychologist or the therapist, this drama that he has manufactured out of uh, the flimsiest of evidence, primarily out of what the child has told him about the family situation, uh, the characters in this are the parents, the child, uh, maybe grandparents. But every single time, the drama in question absolves the child of complete responsibility, absolves the child of any accountability for her own behavior, and it is a form of professional enabling, and it's just outrageous. You know, what you're describing, Elizabeth, is, is just so very standard, and the fact that you were made out to be the Wicked Witch of the West in the whole situation is a very, very, very typical thing. And my husband was never even mentioned during that appointment. Well, that is just uh, so very typical. And it reflects some inherent biases in the psychological uh, industry, which I'd like to discuss when we come back. Elizabeth, can you stay with us uh, through the break? Yes, thank you. Folks, we'll, uh, we'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. 
Welcome back to the show, folks. I'm your host, John Roseman. The show is Because I Said So. We're all about parenting and family issues. And we got a caller on the line we've uh, held over from the last segment. Her name is Elizabeth. And she's called with what has become in America a very, very common situation. A daughter, 18 years old, uh, basically announced that uh, she no longer had to obey her parents and uh, could do what she wanted to do, took up with a uh, 26-year-old man. Uh, the typical elements are uh, present in the story, sexual activity, drug use, alcohol use, uh, just uh, kick out the jams, rebellion, and uh, alienation from previous friends, um, and, and, you know, uh, a very talented and intelligent young lady. And as I was telling Elizabeth earlier, I, because of the position that I occupy uh, and, and the profile that I have, people have told me these sorts of stories time and time again. It's, it's a common thing for me to hear. Uh, and they're always heartbreaking. And uh, when there are uh, therapists involved, um, my usual conclusion is that the therapists are handling the situation uh, in, in a very, uh, uh, <laughs> a very, uh, to use the word inadequate is an understatement. Um, they're totally bungling the situation. They take the child's point of view. They assume that a child, and in this case, mind you now, the child is, uh, rebellious, depressed, uh, cutting herself, using alcohol, sexually active with an older man, using drugs, self-medicating, and on psychiatric drugs, uh, suicidal. And the therapist is taking the child's description of the parents and what's going on at home at face value and uh, taking the child's side uh, manufacturing a family drama out of what the child is, uh, is uh, the child's reports concerning herself, her parents, the family, and giving it to the child uh, as an explanation for why she is depressed, acting out, et cetera, et cetera. And basically in the process, absolving the child uh, who is 18 years old, who is uh, a a uh, an, uh, you know a free agent from any point of view, absolving the child of complete responsibility for her own behavior, and in this case, and this is also standard psychological boilerplate, uh, the therapist has made mom out to be the wicked witch of the West, uh, over controlling, manipulative, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, these two parents have been married for 25 or so years. Uh, you know, the girl, the family is church-going, Christian. The child was okay, uh, relatively speaking, until she hit the age of 18, and then uh, everything went to uh, Hades in a handbasket. Uh, Elizabeth, is that a uh, uh, fairly accurate uh, representation of what's going on? Pretty much, um, yes. My, you know, and my question is, when I was listening to your program the other night, is, um, 
what should we have done? She tells us, me primarily, um, she's mostly gunning for me. Everything that I've said, stood for, she's, she's basically kicked to the curb. Um, she's, um, she regards herself as a free thinker. She also regards herself as a good person. Um, she now is an atheist. Um, she doesn't agree with any of the things that she doesn't want to deal with evil or, or any of that, um, uh, reality of life. Um, well, let me interrupt you here. I mean, to, to confront this as sin and, uh, and evil, uh, is too uncomfortable for her. And it's certainly yes. outside the parameters of the understandings that a typical secular therapist brings to a counseling situation. I mean, let me just remi- let me just point out to you that uh, psychology is, which forms the foundation of all mental health counseling when it's secular in nature. Uh, psychology, I keep telling this to people all over the country in my public speaking role in churches, is the most atheistic profession that has ever been invented. I mean, maybe, you know, the the uh, the head of a satanic coven uh, uh, tops that. But uh, in terms of supposedly reputable professions in America, psychology is the most atheistic. And that's the point of view that these people are coming from. And every single psychological theory represents an atheistic, fundamentally an atheistic point of view. In this case, the the therapist is simply uh, reiterating Freud. Freud was the first person, and he was a philosopher. He wasn't a scientist. He wasn't a researcher. He sat back, smoked a cigar, and thought things. And uh, he was, according to his contemporaries, uh, a megalomaniac who believed that his thoughts were impeccable and always accurate, that he was the source of all truth, and believed that anything he thought should be shared with the rest of mankind for the benefit of us all. And he was the first individual to basically propose that parenting produces the person which is a negation of the biblical principle of free will. And uh, so this is what uh, is happening in this therapist's office with your daughter and you and your husband, is this guy is looking for the, uh, the uh, enactment of this uh, fundamental Freudian principle in your family and, you know, seek and you shall find. If he believes, and he does, uh, a priori believe that these problems have got to be due to dysfunctional parenting, that's what he's going to find, in effect. And he's going to manufacture it. And most institutional uh, professionals do not agree with homeschooling. I'm sure that was a, a nick in his belt. Um, and I know that that probably is something that she blames me for as well because of her social anxiety. She has social anxiety. 
Um, well, that, I mean, let's. <laughs> but but I, her sister ex- does not. Yeah, I, I've I've spoken at many a homeschool convention and conference, and uh, just for the benefit of our audience and yourself, Elizabeth, I, I've I've had exposure to lots of uh, homeschool children, and this is verified by research. Overall, they uh, have fewer what we call issues uh, than. Uh, does an equivalent population of kids uh, who were educated in public schools, um, you, you know, so the idea that your daughter's got uh, social anxiety issues, that, that, that has nothing to do with being homeschooled. Uh, that is a myth that homeschooled kids are, you know, they're lacking proper social experience and so on and so forth. And it is a secular myth put forth by, People who do not uh, approve of homeschooling. Um, well, I mean, well you, you asked before. Doing well. <laughs> yeah, doing we, we've well. got about two and a half minutes left. So yeah. let me let me kind of cut to the chase here. You asked yeah. what we should have done, right. and you know, I, I'm not your counselor. I'm not your therapist, so I don't pretend to uh, to you know have the big picture here, and I don't mm-hmm. pretend, therefore. Uh, to think that this is some prescription for you. But number one, if you'd have talked to me, I would have said, well, don't get hooked up with a secular therapist. Uh, See somebody who is a competent biblical therapist, also called a nuthetic, N-O-U-T-H-E-T-I-C, counselor. Uh, These are the only people that I recommend um, because... They uh, they counsel from a foundation of truth. They they uh, they counsel from biblical principle, and uh, the second thing that I would have uh, uh, advised you to do, if it was possible to do this, um, let me ask you a real quick question: When this began happening, your daughter was still in high school, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, the second thing that I would advise would have advised is send her away. Send her to, uh, I was interviewing a couple of weeks ago, Trace Embry, who is the uh, founder and director of a therapeutic rehab program for kids uh, sure. down in uh, Livonia, Georgia, close to Livonia, a place called Shepherd's Hill Academy. A place like Shepherd's Hill Academy, your daughter's aged out of Shepherd's Hill, I believe, right. but... You can get online, look at Shepherd's Hill, and see the type of place I'm talking about. You you said what 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 should we have done? And this is what I would have advised you to do. Um, You know, the other thing to consider is to emancipate her, and um, uh, because there is some likelihood that um, with all good intentions. There is unwitting enabling going on here, and once she is, uh, and I don't mean this literally, thrown to the wolves, she'll, you know, have an awakening experience. Elizabeth, God bless you for your courage in calling the show, and uh, as I said, uh, unfortunately, I hear this sort of story time and time again as I crisscross the United States in my role as public speaker. Folks, we're right up against the uh, end of the show. Thank you for joining us. Next week, make plans to join us again at the same time, 5 o'clock Central on Saturday afternoon. Why? Because I said so. 
from Creative Genius Productions and the American Family Radio Network.